Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And I'm Annie Warmke. <laughs> you are. And today we're going to talk about non-consumption or thanks for nothing. Non-consumption. Non-consumption. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks for nothing. And we'll we'll talk about this in a little bit more depth, obviously. Um, otherwise, we're going to have 30 minutes of dead air. So um, I, I was thinking of it more like vacation from consumption, vacation from not consumption. non-consumption. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you consume things, but the idea is not to go out and buy stuff. Well, and, it's a little more complicated than all right, that. Let's well, back up. Okay, tell let's back history. up. So one day, as is generally the case, you and I were talking about a lot of serious things, and we were driving along. And we heard the stock market report, and one of us, which we cannot recall, which we should because this is over a decade ago. I'm sure it was me ranting against the stock market. Okay, well. Because I always say, I like to say, is there any piece of information that is more useless to the average American than what is happening in the stock market? Yet every single media outlet reports on it every single day. So it's it's not like I'm going to run out and buy stock, you know, because, oh, hey, what do you know? The Dow Jones went up or down two points, you know? Right. And I think so. I think there were these two things that collided. One was perhaps you saying that because we had heard something on the radio. And the other was me saying, you know, what would be really fun and really invigorating is if we had a happiness report every day on the radio and they would tell us how well our children were doing and how the how what great fruit production we had in our neighborhoods if and the Cleveland Browns won their football game exactly well maybe not that's that <laughs> would happy in Cleveland yes that's right? right well a lot of people are happy it's worldwide but it I'm just saying it has a lot more to do with everyday life and the value that we would place on things very differently so so we had this epiphany and I said well you know what would be really great is if we decided that we'd take a month, maybe in January, and we wouldn't spend any money and we wouldn't use any energy to amount to anything. Well, so, I think the initial thought was money. But well, that's months- correct. But then we had a, our French intern who liked to talk to me about the idea that money is a barrier between people. And he got in touch with me when he found out we were going to do this, not spending any energy or any money. And he said, you know, we should do it with energy too, which felt like a really big pinch. Ouch. Mm -hmm. And so that made us have to really think through a lot more things. And then we decided to do that. And, um, and then we had the misfortune that you, or the good fortune that you got invited to teach at our local college and start the first week of January. And we said, Oh, sweet Jesus, what are we going to (laughs) do? Because we had decided we'd fill up the car and when the gas ran out, that would be it for the month, that we'd have to be really um, careful w- with how we used it. And, um, and and I liked the idea of January because it felt like kind of the anti-Christmas. You know, Christmas season has, regardless of the religious implications, has become just this this orgy of, con- of consuming. Yeah. You know, everything, all the way starting from Halloween, you know, go buy this, go buy that, go buy this. And and the reports on the news is Christmas shopping is up and Black Friday, everybody's killing each other to buy 
toasters or, or big screen televisions. And all of that feels so out of control and so, so wrong that, um, that well, the anti-Christmas saying, okay, we're going to celebrate the month of January by consuming nothing. Well, for me, it was more like, hey, winter's going to be here. We're going to snuggle down. We're just going to be together. And, uh, and so we can be more like the bears and the uh, groundhogs and have some rest. And that's mm -hmm. what that, I, I didn't know that's exactly what would happen, but I had hoped for that. And we did have a couple of uh, kinks in the chain, as they say. And one was that we had uh, a child who was uh, getting, who was going to college and um, we called her Miss America because <laughs> she announced she wasn't going to participate and she was going to use electricity in her bedroom and she didn't care. Well, we, we called her Miss America because she was one third of the population, but consumed about three quarters <laughs> of, of, of the, everything. everything. <laughs> and, so. uh, but the other thing that was great was after, so so what happened, just to give a sort of sneak preview, so a spoiler here, is that we did find that we had a renewed thankfulness for abundance and a simpler way of living. And we enjoyed ourselves. We had a vacation from consumption. And Miss America actually came closer to us in terms of she decided that she she got up the first morning after we had started practicing Thanks for Nothing. And, uh, and she said, I got up in the night to pee and I did, I used my headlamp. I didn't turn the light on mama. <laughs> and so we started to think that was going to be good. She did try to draw the line when we had candles for dinner. Cause she said, I want to see my food, but she finally gave in. But so, so let's just talk about, well, let me just say that one of the things that happened was that we loved those 30 days or so that we had this vacation and there was a lot of things that we had to do that were challenging. Like, for instance, I'd made a promise to go to a, a birthday party for someone that's dear to me, but I couldn't drive the car. So I had to ask someone to take me. And that that really pinched me hard. But it turned out that I got to know somebody I hadn't known well. And um, it, was a, it was a lovely experience. I think for me, the non-consumption, the non-buying anything wasn't a problem at all. It Really, where it was pushing was the was the use of electricity. Basically, saying we're not Hot going water. to use electricity. Now we cheated a little bit because we left the refrigerators running, right? Because we didn't want everything to spoil. But we did turn off the hot water heater. We didn't use any lights. Um, you but know. we did have hot water. So, so here's the thing that I was going to say is we we had to sit down and we had to make a plan. And everybody should be doing that, whether you're going to go without electricity and, and not spend anything. Uh, and, and we've always been good at having a plan, but this was a different kind of plan. So we decided we got to have a month-long menu, which actually we still do today. Uh, we started that there, and we um, had to think about where are we going to get this hot water. So we knew we had hot water on the wood stove. We had a big kettle, a big enamel kettle, and then we had small kettles. That was fine, but then how are you going to take a shower? Yeah. <laughs> and so we realized, wait a minute, we've got one of those uh, solar shower bags. And so we decided that would work for the shower. And then like the second night you went to fill the hot water into the shower bag and then something happened and it spilled all over the floor and you couldn't take your shower right. and you were so upset about well, right. it. 
I mean, other than, you know, 15 minutes of crying and it was all over. No, it was but, a uh, lot of whining and, and several cuss words I haven't heard out of well, your mouth for a those while. Were, I would say those were the two things, at least for me personally, because getting up in the morning and then having to wait like half an hour for the water for to heat up water for, for coffee, <laughs> that was annoying. And, uh, and of course, heating up pots of hot water for the shower, yeah. you know, uh, that, you know, once you get into the, the rhythm of it. It was, well, the, it was well, the hot way. water for tea or coffee in the morning, yeah. we really, we spent every year trying to figure a different solution. I didn't realize I could just stand there and stare at a kettle <laughs> for, like, for like 40 minutes going, is, is it, it hot, hot yet? yet? I can't move. <laughs> but you know, so that's the reason we came up with the idea of calling it thanks for nothing is because to be thankful for what you have. Thank, be thankful, you know, like when you're mad at somebody and say, well, thanks for nothing. It means that you got nothing from that experience or that person. And so anyway, so what ended up happening? Was, well, you're just to say we were giving thanks for non-consumption. Yes, that's so right. So it was it was taking that phrase and just turning it on its head saying, hey, this is great. And and I always like to think of it as like the secular Lent or the secular Ramadan, where you say <laughs> every major religion has a 30-day period or in that neighborhood where you do voluntary um, restriction or voluntary, um, I don't know what the word is, escape. But anyway, you're, you're going to deny yourself something. Like with Ramadan, yeah, you're going you to give up something. They say from from dawn to dusk. Mm -hmm. You know, with Lent, of course, we would always give up stuff that we weren't using anyway, like licorice. <laughs> I will not drive a moped. Well, I don't own a moped, so you know what the heck. So uh, that might be why you're not a Catholic anymore. <laughs> hey, that was it. Was technically right. Well, you know? that's true. But so so what ended up happening over the course of a decade was that first year we did the 30 days and we really enjoyed ourselves. We felt we had a true vacation. So the next year we we went into Thanks for Nothing month uh, in January, January the 1st, cleaned the free freezer and the refrigerator. That was had become our tradition. And off we went. And we it loved it so much. We said, let's go for two months. And then the third year we said, let's just start the beginning of December. Now for most people, that would be a disaster. Because uh, there's a lot of holiday season going on there, but that we didn't skip having a holiday season. We just were prepared, and um, and so we went almost four months, and we've right. done we got that all the way through February, well, then into March. Yeah, we had we and in those days we had a big class that came in March, and I didn't want to have to make a big dessert, so I bought fresh fruit at the store, and that was my big cheating um, for when the class came. So that, that took us to the third week of March. So really four, four months of not consuming, not buying anything. If we needed something, we had to make do, or we had to ask somebody to trade or give it to us. So the first year, the first day, uh, you broke your bootstring. Right. I was tying my shoelaces and it broke. And I'm thinking, okay, 30 days and I now don't have a shoelace. Yeah, for those shoes, and it's winter, and so that's the only pair that you had that because you're so hard on shoes and things. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so you said, what am I going to do? And I said, well, you're going to have to go on Facebook and ask for a shoestring. <laughs> so you did, and somebody you knew <laughs> sent you. to buy a Yes, shoelace. that's right. Somebody <laughs> sent you in a couple of days 
a shoestring and the next day you broke the other one yeah, yeah. and I you had to was... ask for the other one. <laughs> um, but so, so, but the thing that, one of the things that happened that was really invigorating was that all of the, all of the work we've done, all of the life we've created for ourselves is rooted in reuse and repurpose. But for those four months, we had to, we, we really couldn't not back from back off from that. So whatever we needed, we had to figure out what else worked. And it was really fun. It was being creative, sometimes aggravating. Um, it meant a lot of working together on things. It meant resting more. Uh, the first, um, the first uh, solar installer book that we did, uh, I, I edited in the dark with a headlamp at night because um, you would be gone teaching. <laughs> and I, I would sit there in the evening you know, editing the book with my headlamp. So, so some of the things that we had to do, because one of the first questions people always ask us when we talk about what we call now, thanks for nothing season, um, is that how do you pay your bills? Mm -hmm. Well, all of our- Well, we just don't and, and no problem. No, the bank loves us, <laughs> they don't care. Everybody assumes that we're on thanks for nothing. So, so just let it slide. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, so if that's not the case for your life, then the, then the other thing is that almost all of our expenses are fixed expenses. And so everything can go through an automatic payment and that's how we did it. And we weren't spending money on anything else. So it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't any big problem. Okay, well, let's take a break for a fixed payment here to remind everyone that you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke, reminding you it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. And thank God. Thank God. So we're talking about thanks for nothing. And, and it's just a concept that we decided internally to, to place upon ourselves. And of course, we, we have this uh, strange vision that maybe that this will become adopted and will become the next uh, the next no, holiday you, season. You, you have that. Yeah, you have it that ain't going to happen. But no. anyway, I think there may be a few people out there who say, you know what, it would be nice to take a voluntary break from consumerism. You know, just set yourself no. up once a year. Whether it's a day or a week yeah, or a month. I don't think people can see how to do it. And this is the constant. But they could do it for a week. Well, okay. Let me just back up and say that we have every year invited people to join us. And some people have, but they don't join us. Each person has their own unique way of doing it. So some people decided not to shave. That oh. was their... That was their I did that, but I didn't realize it was a thing. <laughs> no, you know? I wasn't on the list. But but most people were worried about what they were going to eat, which struck me as incredibly strange because even when I wasn't a farm woman and you know didn't have a big garden, we always had plenty of food for it might not be everything you want to eat over a period of time. So, so that was a good way to talk about menus. And um, the first, uh, so I wrote a book about uh, Thanks for Nothing season um, called the journey toward nothing. And in it, I have the menu for the first month. And I posted that menu in a blog every day saying what the weather was and what the blog was and what I was thinking. Um, and, and we've eaten lunch together any day we are together. And so that wasn't any big deal. Well, one thing I noticed out of all of this was of course in the planning for knowing that we were going to be basically doing without electricity for a month. And uh, so we would have to deal with lighting. So we got ourselves some some kerosene lamps and some flashlights and some headlamps and and just prepared that way. 
um, it created a, a program and a plan when there are uh, arbitrary disruptions in the electrical grid. So, so you go through a whole month like that. Well, then if you've got a power outage, you know, who cares? Well, one of the things we did learn, given that analogy you're just giving, is that it is easier to be without electricity in the winter than the summer because we had a lightning strike in our field that knocked out everything right before we were having a big workshop. And we didn't have any way to heat water. And we we so there was a real challenge with that. Well, it's easier for us. I mean, we, oh, we okay. have we have a thermal mass house with passive solar and we have a wood stove. So and also one of the reasons we picked the winter is because that's the slow season. Right. For, and we want our to, business. We wanted to be slowed down, though, to yeah. really be in the season of being slowed down. So so anyway, we also had to think about um energy consumption. Mm -hmm. And you, you're talking a little bit about that. But so we decided that we would look up when the US government said that it was the it was a dawn, dusk. And so every night by 530, we would have anything that if there was a computer on or whatever, because we were allowed to charge the computers, I think we charged them to our solar generator, the first couple of years. And then after that, we we didn't do it that way because we had a solar um, array. Yeah, the electricity thing kind of went by the wayside because we had installed a solar array here that provided us with our electricity. And then we're saying, really? Okay, so we're going to do without electricity even though it's technically or theoretically free. Yeah, we don't really so. use that much. But then mm -hmm. there was the issue of transport, and I already talked a little bit about that and the fact that if I wanted to go somewhere, I, I put a, a restriction on myself that I had to ask someone to to take me. And I really wrestled with that because, wait, it's still using the same amount of energy because they have to come and get me. I live in the middle of nowhere. But it turned out it was an okay thing. I only went somewhere like once. And um, most of the time, I didn't drive the car for four months. Mm -hmm. So the lighting after dark, we, we did have headlamps, as I said. And um, sometimes we would watch a video on our our laptops because they were charged up. Um, by but mostly I just kept beating you at cribbage. So. Okay. Well, and I kept getting mad. So we stopped doing that. <laughs> then we tried backgammon. That was, uh, that was worse. That was even worse. Yes, yeah. that's right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the, the only things that we actually continued to spend money on if needed was livestock uh, supplies and feed because we mm. didn't have we do have better storage now but we didn't have enough storage to get us all the way through uh certainly the first month would have been fine but not four months of hay and um right the, the goats don't care that we're trying to make a point no yeah. uh the dogs don't either so they're just like where's my food so i think um the other thing that we did a lot of thinking about and um focusing on especially even after we finish the the season each year is that that our practicing those four months of this sort of resiliency uh we we didn't stop doing it we never went back to shopping um, sometimes for our business or our consulting, we have to look up a lot of things and then we'll say, gosh, that's exhausting, but we're not really shoppers anymore. Mm -hmm. So, well, but one of the things you've been doing over the years is basically putting together an annual shopping list. Oh, that's true. You know? We, we have that. And you say, we okay, we, these are the things over the course of the year that we think we're going to need. 
And then often you'll run across them secondhand. Somebody says, yeah. oh, I have this. Uh, oh, yeah, we need that, you know, or whatever. Or we'll need that in June, you know. Well, we always need two befores, you know, yeah. for something. And so I just traded two befores, uh, some used two befores, but they're still perfect uh, for plants, some perennial plants mm -hmm. that we dug up. The guy came and we dug it up together. So anyway, but then the other piece of this is this sort of the focus on the happiness factor. And we began to think about this because there are several elements to that, which are really the elements of the thanks for nothing season and a sense of security. I mean, that has to be at the heart of everything is that we feel safe and we feel provided for. And that definitely is the case in our lives. Well, and I think the idea or the process of planning for this extended period of time, what you've used the word resiliency, I, I think it gives you that sense that, okay, there are always going to be unforeseen situations. Like, like a pandemic. Like a pandemic, right. And no and, toilet paper. Yeah. And so we're like, when we go into a three-month lockdown or a four-month or now eight-month or whatever, it doesn't feel that out of the ordinary. No. We kept saying, oh, it's just a scarier. It's like something invading our thanks for nothing season. Because when the pandemic came, we were just coming out of thanks for nothing season. And I had decided I would go to the store to buy something for my goat. I had a goat that was paralyzed. And when I went to the store... <laughs> And these people were acting so insane. And it was it was culture shock. It was always culture shock to not go to a store for four months and then see the changes like packaging was the same, but smaller amounts in the packages and crazy things like that. But anyway, so I said to myself, oh, well, I've got another week of thanks for nothing. But you know what? There's some stuff I want. Not that I <laughs> needed, but want. And I'm going to buy it right now. Well, and it turned out to be kind of unfortunate timing because our thanks for nothing month or season ends like March 15th. And the lockdown started right around March 16th. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, so we uh, kind of went from a three-month or four-month uh, hiatus to, to another Four yeah, months. no, we went a very long time before you went to the grocery store at six o'clock in right. the morning for things. But the biggest thing, I think, with with the thanks for nothing versus versus the COVID lockdown is really when it gets to your happiness factor, the lack of friends visiting, the lack of oh, yeah, community, the lack of, of social interaction, because you can do all of those things without consuming things. And and I think we're all beginning to see that maybe that's you know, we all know the Hallmark card kind of friends or, you know, your health and, and all of these intangibles. But as a society, we don't behave that way. It's sort of slapping us upside the head that the thing you miss most is being able to go and hug a friend or, or yeah, no hugs only time. from you. Yeah. But, you know, well, that's good enough a lot of the time. But but the other thing yeah, but what is about, about the rest of the world, I know they don't get any hugs from you. <laughs> but but here's the other piece of this is that even in the happiness factor, we have a good life. But there is great energy that comes from interaction with people. And that does not come from a screen that you talk to people on. It doesn't come from a piece of paper, um, an old-fashioned letter, or a telephone call. It comes from working together and doing things together. And that's probably been the hardest thing. But that's still there. I mean, people are still our friends. People are still trying to connect. In fact, we're going to have a bonfire for uh, Christmas Day and have a, the cauldron with soup in it and social distance. And 
um, because we're not big on, you know, what Christmas represents, but we're big on getting together with people. So, but no Yule party, no birthday swap this year. That was, that was sad. But anyway, so we have a lot of things in, in that we're evaluating around high expectations of having enough. That's a big one. Um, Meaningful work very important and that sustains us. Well, I want to back up because when you talk about having enough, I think I think that's something we've noticed from this lifestyle here where when people come to visit, we've remarked on it several times that there seems to be again culturally this hole in our or this disconnect from our world that we try and fill up by buying stuff. Yeah, by things. Yeah, and I think a lot of the people who come here we always sort of note that they understand there's something missing, some lack of connection in their own life. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're they're kind of seeking that. They know in they know inherently that there's something missing. They just don't quite know what that is. And so you fill it up with consumption. Yeah, you know, yeah. Our society tells you that all the time. Yeah, You're we blasted do it with, with commercials. All kinds of stuff. You know. But I know for myself that I'm like that, that I am that person. And so what I like to do when I'm working on a project is I want to have a list. I want to identify what I need. I want to know a year ahead on like my annual shopping list so that I can rein myself in because I think it is a cultural norm to buy a lot of things. And I do know in order to be a creative person, sometimes you've got to have a lot more things than maybe you think you you need. Um, but I also know it makes me feel safe to know there's plenty of food in the larder, that the dog bin is full of dog food, that the hay- barn is full of hay. I feel, and oh, and the wood is chopped and ready to go. I, I feel rich. Okay. Well, I'm, up until the wood thing, I, I feel, I feel claustrophobic with the clutter. I mean, that's something. Well, me. I don't, uh, that's been a big challenge during the pandemic is every surface is a table in our house right now because we don't <laughs> have anybody coming and going. We always were like picking up and tidying up because we have this parade of visitors all the time. So, but that's a different, it's a, a different mm-hmm. than uh, what well, we're I was just going to point out the consumption part, the lack of buying stuff for me was a, was a complete non-issue. You know, I'm happy not to buy stuff. Yeah, because you think punishment is to go to Gabriel Brothers oh to buy God. something. Oh, I mean, it's the whining that comes out of that store when you get in the car. <laughs> I beg you not to take me with you. Uh-huh. So so other things in the happiness factor are health. Well, if you think about it, it's the winter and you're going to take this time for yourself and you're going to reflect on things and maybe write about what you're doing and make more time for your friends and your family, go to bed earlier. Um, and that gets into the... The, what is the term? The circadian rhythms yeah, of the of, seasons of life where you mm-hmm. say, okay, in the summer you're busy, in the spring you're busy, but in the fall you should start to slow down a little bit. You, you need to, in the wintertime, you know, hibernate a little bit because it's dark and people, people resist that in our modern society. And I think it, it, it drags you down over time. Yeah. Well, one thing I know is that some people really do like to think about these things and we definitely would love to hear from folks who listen to the podcast. Um, if but, they're, but not during the winter because we're resting. You know. <laughs> that'll, that'll be the day. That uh-huh. we, it, that'll definitely be the day. But, but we would like to hear how other people are 
being resilient, how they're living their lives in a more simplistic or uh, calm way, because we we don't have a conversation about these things. And I think we really must share ideas and share how it works All with right, each and other. Let us know if we're going to start a movement of thanks for nothing. Oh, you know, geez. Join on in, even I don't, for a week. I don't. Oh, yeah. Week. Oh, yeah. Or a day. If there's something mm-hmm. you're going to do for a day, that's really great. Anybody can do anything for a day. Well, yeah, maybe. All right. Well, you've been listening. <laughs> I was thinking of a lot of things I can't do for a day. But, well, being uh, pinched continuously, right. that'd be tough. Okay. That wasn't one of them. All right. You've been listening <laughs> to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. We want to thank our always consumptive producer, Adam Rich. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> sounds like he has consumption. And we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is? Well, I don't know. I got to think about it. Play nice with others. Clean up your own mess. And my grandma always used to say, don't be so darn ornery, Jay. All right. Till next time. Bye-bye. I know the stars are dancing in the firelight. Soon we'll be together. Now we'll be revealed, Mother Earth will sing, and her children will be healed. See the morning glory, blossom in the night, know the stars dancing. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at blurockstation.com.